What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got a tribute. 25 years for Tupac Shakur's fourth studio album, All Eyes on Me. All Eyes on Me. Released February 13th, 1996. And I take it this is considered his best album, right? I think I think so. Um, I think DJ Quick called it the West Coast Hip Hop's Thriller which I thought was an interesting uh, commentary. But yeah, man, it's, it's a very popular album, at least out there. Why? Let's unpack that. How so is it the West Coast hip hop's thriller? That's interesting. Um, I think it's, you know, from the perspective of who Tupac was as an artist, you okay. know, obviously Thriller is the is Michael Jackson's opus, right? Like that's right. the record that everybody universally agrees is just the most amazing album by the most amazing artist, which... You know, some purists will say it's off the wall, but that's another conversation. I, I do time. like off the wall um, a lot. Yeah, I, I think off the wall is his me against the world, right? Like okay. Tupac, P, Tupac fans would be like, yo, me against the world is better. But like universally, okay. it's just agreed that it's thriller. And I think for uh, Pac, it's all eyes on me, right? It's got these big Tupac hit records that everybody knows. Mm. Uh, so I think that's probably why he calls it that. And I've been on record numerous times staying, stating that I prefer Me Against the World to All Eyes on Me. Yeah. I, I think I've even claimed that it was better. Yeah, and in this recent cycle, I've come to the conclusion that that's just incorrect. I understand why I came to that conclusion initially. And I think yeah. when I revisited these albums, um, because I revisited Me Against the World, All Eyes on Me, mm-hmm. when we did, when we were preparing to do the movie um, episode of All Eyes on Me. And then I was listening to Don Caluminati's Seven Day Theory, whatever that is, right, right. Uh, for the first time. And so I had all of these all of these uh, albums, you know, in my Spotify, and I was listening to them in the car, this, that, and the other. And I think that this album had such long stretches that I did not like. Mm-hmm. That me against the world felt felt more coherent. Plus, it's got it's got some really good songs on there. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Dear Mama. It's got um, hustle through the years. I see so many yeah. so many uh, tears. So right? many tears. Yeah. So many tears. Um, me against not me against the world. Well, me against the world, but also uh, to live and die in L.A. It's got some mm-hmm. really good songs on there. So I was just like, oh yeah, me against the world is better. That is not correct. This is definitely a better album. Um, mm-hmm. I think it has some flaws, but we could discuss that later. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a good this is definitely worth a twenty five year tribute for sure, regardless of, of my take on it. But um, for sure, interesting. So there's no other West Coast hip hop album that is surpasses this. This is the best West Coast hip hop album. I don't know that that's what he's saying. I mean, and okay. again, I'm I'm not DJ Quick, right? But uh, but you know, my perspective is that Tupac is a Mount Rushmore level talent, right? Okay. Like he's. He as he's kind of the crown jewel artist. If it's not Snoop, right? It's probably yeah. Snoop or, or Pac. But you know, these are like the kind of crown jewel artists of the, of the time frame. Tupac's whole persona, um, as well as his artistry, was way larger than life. And this is the album that people talk about in terms of his big opus. Okay, cool. So where were you when the, the when this came out? Or I guess did you digest this album when it came out, or did was that later for you? I want to say I did. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, so I came to, I moved to the West Coast uh, right after this album came out. Um, so I want to say it was like June of of '96 was wow. when I moved uh, okay. to 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 the West Coast. All right. Um, and so you, so, really you know, had this, a choice. 
Yeah, it was, it was like it your was indoctrination. Everywhere. Right. It was everywhere. And, you know, <laughs> we talked about West Side Connection, Bow Down. You know, mm-hmm. that came out that summer. Uh, but this record was literally everywhere. And it was, um, you know, on L.A. radio, they just kind of cycled through these singles. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I probably have, you know, memories of riding the school bus and just different records on here being, you know, coming on on the radio on the school bus on the way to school. Like that's how popular and how ubiquitous this album was. That's so crazy. so I'm, I'm I moved to Cali, you know, Pac dies shortly after I moved to Cali. Um, you know, and this album is already out and it's everywhere. So that's kind of my general where were you of, of listening to this album initially. And throughout the years since then, I've revisited this album tons of times. And like you said, I mean, you know, you get older and you become a more mature listener and different things kind of resonate with you in a different way. Like when I used to listen to this album as a kid, Life Goes On didn't really, you know, it didn't really resonate with me the way it, it has, you know, as I've grown and, and had more life experiences. So I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I've, I've a lot of these records have really grown, you know, on me as well. So how about you? Where, where were you? So I'm in middle school, I believe seventh grade. Okay, yeah, sounds right. Seventh grade, and I went to a secondary school, which in Virginia, at least in Northern Virginia, um, at six seven eight. Well, in Prince William County, it's six seven eight, but in Northern Virginia, middle school in in Fairfax County is seven and eight. But secondary okay. school means that the middle school and the high school are in the same school. Oh, so it's okay. a really I went to one of the largest public schools in um, in Northern Virginia, and I mean that quite literally. It's fucking huge, right? Okay. Um, and so, and it's, it's very diverse. Uh, yeah, it's predominantly white, but I mean, there's a lot of different folks from everywhere. Cambodia, Afghanistan, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Sudan, both North and South, like whatever. Like it's got people from everywhere. And I think that at the time in middle school, you know, you've got a lot of people coming from elementary school, which is kind of, I don't know, for me, it was kind of like soft, if you will. And then going into middle school and seeing like actual gangs or people who identified themselves in gangs. Right. And everybody kind of being thrown into the same classes. Um, right. And so you literally like it's, it's it's weird because I was in the GT program. So mm-hmm. my regular classes, I'm in with all That's these gifted and know, talented for folks that didn't grow up in VA. Just, right. Just translating. So in my regular classes, I've got a bunch of white kids, a bunch of Eastern Asians, like a bunch of Koreans, and then like one right. or two black people sprinkled in. Um, right. And then when I go to PE and uh, gym class, and when I go to lunch, it's like it's just, everybody is all in a mix, right? right. Um, but I feel like this is definitely, that's just kind of where I was. And I think that at that time in middle school, this is definitely an album, you know, the whole gangster, gangster rap. Um, <laughs> this is going to kind of epitomize all that. And I mean, like you yeah. said, Tupac is larger than life. There's, yeah. I don't think there's any other figure in hip hop or probably just in any medium that represents gangster rap thug life than right. Tupac. And so this would be the spring, if you will, of my, um, of my middle school of my seventh grade year and so yeah uh that's just kind of where i was when this album came out in terms of when i listened to it you know i'm not even sure i've never really sat with this album and digested it over the years it's just kind of Mm. been something i've never really felt the need to because Mm -hmm. the songs that i like from it i don't i never felt compelled to actually listen to all of this stuff because there's something about tupac that like i just don't necessarily (laughs) i just don't necessarily feel the need to actually sit down and listen to his albums. And I think Mm. some of that has to do with 
the musicality of his albums. And I'm not saying that his albums don't have musicality, right? But if mm-hmm. you know me, I talk about Wu-Tang forever. I talk about Wu-Tang. If I'm listening mm-hmm. to a Wu-Tang album, you know I could just sit there and just listen to the, all the little things that RZA does, right? Okay. Or the other thing too, is it like, there's something just, like, this is not a criticism, but there's something that's kind of just like basic about what Tupac, about his lyrics, like, there's no, I feel like there's no like hidden double entendres or anything like that. It's just kind of like straightforward. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, I've never really felt the need to actually just sit down and just digest I see his albums on on repeat. Like I just, I just right. don't need to. So okay, it's I can't really pinpoint when I actually sat down and listened to this. But I, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure I, I picked up bits and pieces over the years. My brother had this album, mm-hmm. so I'm sure we heard some songs here and there. And of course, like the hits. I mean. It's like you right. mentioned in the Me Against the World episode. The highs on this album are so high. How could you miss it? Oh my gosh! So yeah. I mean, yeah. so question. Um, because I, you know, I I know when it comes to personal anecdotes, the first that I remember is when California Love came out. Of right? course, like that was like the yeah. first like ubiquitous Tupac record yeah. for me. Um, do you remember kind of the where you were or where were you of of California Love? I actually cannot. If you, if you, okay. uh, not, not specific, I can't specifically pinpoint it. Like I can specifically okay. pinpoint when I heard more money, more problems for the first time. And that was okay. like up in my bedroom on the blue mm-hmm. box, right? Mm-hmm. I can't specifically pinpoint California love. The only real memory I do have of it though, is it, right. they let us have middle school parties, dance parties. And mm-hmm. I just remembered that like, this was a hit. Um, yeah, okay. So whenever we had dance parties in the school cafeteria, you know, uh this was just a huge hit um yeah that's that's the only real memory i can pinpoint to this okay because yeah cause I, yeah because I, I like i like specifically remember this particular record right like i had heard like dear mama and some mm-hmm. of the other records of Pac before right so i knew i knew who he was he kind of was he was doing movies he was you know he so i mean he was he was out there already right. um but you know when california love came out i was still in chicago Right. And I remember, you know, some of the, <laughs> I guess you'll call them like some of the, the more gangster kids that I went to school with, you know, kind of being like, oh, Tupac, yo, Tupac, you know. And then when I, when I went, my family was going to move to California, you know, California Love was, I remember that was the song my friends would always be like, yo, and they would like play this song for me. Yo, yeah. California Love, California Love, you about to move to California. Like, <laughs> it was a big thing. And I was just like. Like I don't I don't know who this Tupac guy is like that. Like the way y'all are talking about him. Really? It, yeah, he wasn't a big star to me, like like Biggie and Puffy and like, you know, in, Craig, in even Craig Mack. Like, in nineteen ninety-six? Well, California Love came out in ninety five, right? Sure, and, but I and mean so this wow. this time frame was, you know, I'm I'm it's ninety five, California Love drops. Yeah. For me, that was the song that made Tupac like a you know, I'm a kid listening to TLC and whatever the fuck else is on the radio, right? Yeah. Right. And and California Love was the record that made Pac like, oh my God, this dude is this larger than life star that I'm seeing everywhere. Interesting. Um, I would. And, and so that's just my experience. So so just to, just oh, to close okay. off, I moved to California, and then it's just like, boom, like Pac is everywhere, and it, yeah. it goes from like, you know, Pac is almost this like new guy penetrating the the huge mainstream like the kids that are just listening to whatever's on the radio to like wow Pac's music is everywhere and i'm inundated interesting that you know california love is what i guess made you see him as a superstar because for Mm -hmm. i mean for me i wasn't even a big tupac fan 
Right. Because I think at that time I wasn't really a fan of, of anybody for real. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I mean, Tupac was huge. I, the song Dear Mama alone, I get around. Like I had always known mm -hmm. about these songs. And then the yeah. fact that he was in movies, you know, Juice, yeah. which I'm, I'm not sure if I had seen at that time, but definitely mm -hmm. Poetic Justice. Um, I had seen, I, I didn't watch Above the Rim at that time, but I mean, he was, yeah. he was a movie star as well. Uh, I mean, he was just always in the news. What I'll this say is, for, this, is, this is before California Love. What I'll say for me personally, right? Okay, so 94, I'm a 10 year old kid, right? Yeah. Um, th there's, a, there's a time frame that transitions between the things that you're spoon fed and the things that you seek, right? Okay. So, like, as a 10 year old kid, I'm still young enough to where my parents are kind of, you know, dictating what's coming mm. in and out of the house, right? Okay. So, so Tupac is is kind of seeing he he's he's fighting against C. Dolores Tucker and saying yo fuck you I'm gonna say whatever I want to say you know what I mean yeah. so he's considered like a gangster rapper right That's you fair. know so so I mean like those images wouldn't have been spoon fed to me at that time and it wasn't until really that I moved to Cali where I got to a point where now I'm I'm seeking the media that I'm consuming so it's like. Oh, this I want to listen to this. I want to listen to that, and I think that's the reason why. While I knew that Tupac was a guy, I wasn't like super privy to everything that he was doing and listening okay. to him because I just I was too young, and I didn't have an older brother who yeah, would have like yeah, brought yeah. in. You know, if I had an older brother or if I was around my older cousins at that time more, they probably would have brought more Tupac around me. Mm -hmm. But like my parents wasn't bringing Tupac. You know I think it's a fair point. I wasn't allowed to listen to that music when I was a kid, but I did get my boombox in, I think, either the Christmas of 93 or the Christmas of 94. May have been the Christmas of 94 is when I got my boombox. Mm -hmm. um, so not, so then the 95 would have been the first time really listening to it. Mm -hmm. So, okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So uh, critical reception. I mean, we kind of teased it earlier. Yeah. Man, you know, I, I at least in Cali, this album was everywhere. Yeah. Everybody loved it. It's 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 a considered a classic, you know, universally. Um so yeah, I mean great by everybody. Uh I don't know what what did you what you have? Well, in terms of the I guess the objective critical reception, I haven't necessarily read through everything here on the uh, on the Wikipedia. Um I think it's got mostly selling marks. I mean, there's some people who mm -hmm. give it I think Rolling Stone gives it, you know, 3 out of 5 stars, which I think is it's crazy. But then on the yeah. Rolling Stone album guide, they now they then give it a, a five star. So five. it seems like at the time they gave it a three stars and then retroactively they've gone back, which which I think is fair. I, yeah. I think it's fair for people to do that. I'm yeah. not one of these folks who's like, oh, you know, at the time, whatever people, whatever rating you gave it, that's what it should hold to. No, I think that's mm -hmm. stupid when, when evaluating art. So, you know, now they give it a five star. Um, I just feel like, man, you know, I feel like this three is again, you know, this time frame where you got these these yeah. New York critics, right? It's like, right. oh, fuck this guy, he's from California and he's throwing up W's, right? Like I'm, I'm looking through it right now, right? Um, dear, you don't, there's no equivalent to Dear Mama on this record. Wonder yeah. why they call you bitch. Now everything's <laughs> about explicit, ex expensive booze, bitches, cash, cars, and contempt for his enemy. Like you know, so yeah. I, I I look at this and I'm like, okay, you you really just hating on his persona on, yeah. on his album personally. Yeah. In terms of the critical reception amongst my peers, I mean, at the time, I don't, I can't really recall. I think that's too. I think I was too young for that. And at a, you know, I was not at the stage where I'm really debating music like that. I don't right. think I really started debating music until my freshman or sophomore years in high school 
Mm. Right. And so I think at this time it's just like, oh, bone, 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 <laughs> la la la, like whatever. Right, like that's right, you right. know, Calif California, you know, like whatever, like whatever's on the radio was cool. Right, right, right. Um, so but I think that over the years, I think that critical reception kind of matters. And for me, the people that I debated with, you know. It's very easy to say that we're very more New York East Coast centered. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. the groups that always, the group rather, that always got tossed into that mix would have been Outcast, right? Like okay. even cats from New York were like, all right, cool. Outcast mm -hmm. might be mm -hmm. the greatest of all time, right? That's fine. Mm -hmm. But Tupac is like, oh yeah, like he's dope. But then when you talk about like his music, it's like, nah, it's, it's Jay Z or Nas are big. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that the people mm -hmm. who did talk about Tupac, Mm -hmm. It was more like, well, they appreciate the artist, the man that was Tupac. But in terms of actual mm -hmm. lyrical prowess and, yeah. and some of his music, like it's Biggie or it's Jay-Z, yeah, yeah. you know? And so, and, and I think that, I think that when it came to actually debating Tupac with real Tupac fans, it became kind of obvious to me that I'm like, okay, you really have to like this guy, Tupac and his persona. And to, to really like say that he's a he's a better lyrical talent than yes, right. some of his than some of his peers, and not only that, I also think that and and this is a new take for me that I've that I, I came up with in this recent cycle, that and this is going to be somewhat unfair, but nevertheless, bear with me. I think that the people who really really stuck by Tupac in this in this region where I'm from, so the Northern Virginia DMV area, okay. like to be honest. And I don't mean to sound too condescending or too patronizing, but these are folks who, you know, like love to just hang around, drink the 40s, smoke their bud, and just kind of just had like a sophomore. You sound like a Fox News. I know, Fox I know, News I know, I know. But like, but I'm, but I'm really, really thinking about it. Like the people who were staunchly def defending Tupac, that's kind of like who they were. And I wasn't necessarily about that stuff. So, and I know it sounds unfair and I know it's going to sound like, oh, it's real. It's, it's, I get that. I'm just saying that like in my mind, thinking back, those were the kind of folks that I was, that, that actually would, you know, to be debating about like just how great of an album this was better than, you know, some of the output of some of his, his peers. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, my perspective, I think, I, first of all, I, I, I commend you for acknowledging your kind of like East Coast bias, right? Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. I think that. I think that in the same way, you know, Andre said the South got something to say, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it, like us on the West Coast, we was looking at people in the South and being like, "Yo, they, so they some country bumpkins over there, right?" And I right. so I understand the feeling of kind of I don't know disdain or distaste that that folks on the East Coast felt about some of the West Coast people. Yeah. Um, I will say though that, you know, f so first of all, I'll say that Tupac had almost like a cult following, right? Um, okay. You know, and, and in the same way that, you know, in the same way that and sorry to make this comparison because it's kind of a crude and, and maybe timely comparison. But in the same way that some dumb motherfuckers would run up in the fucking Capitol building. Yo, for Donald Trump. I'm so right? glad you bring up this point because I thought the same thing this <laughs> yeah. week and I was going to bring it up and I thought it was going to cause controversy. But you feel me? N nah, it's real. Like, <laughs> tu Tupac fans, are, there's literally it's a cult following. Like it's like yeah. people will kill over Tupac. And I've literally I've seen I've been I've been in, you know, in these these parties and in these social circles where somebody said something disparaging about Tupac. Yeah, and and cats literally like yo turn that music down yo bro don't say don't say no negative shit about pop yo like we'll right. we'll fuck you up like it like yeah. it's like that 
So, you know, I, I understand that there are definitely individuals that will not debate Pac objectively yeah. in terms of being on his side. But I also will say that there are people that will not debate Pac objectively in terms of his side as well, right? Because for everything that he lacks in terms of lyrical nuance, right? there's a certain je ne sais quoi about mm-hmm. Tupac's oh, no vocal doubt. presence, no performance, doubt. An emotion that that mm-hmm. n- doesn't exist in any other artist that ever did this shit, right? Not at, and, not to his level. I would absolutely agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's it's something that like can't be understated. Well, I think you, you could make the case for for Biggie, but I think Tupac's is better. I think Tupac's is better. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and I think the thing about Tupac, right, is Tupac was a walking ball of emotions, right? Yeah. And so it, it, it's like nobody ever wore their heart on their sleeve the way Tupac did, and so mm-hmm. I think. You know, even in his simplicity, his emotion, the emotion he conveyed came through in a way that really connected with people. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and so, and I think that, honestly, this album, you know, out of all of his albums, even, you know, the paranoid delusions of, <laughs> of Machiavelli, Don Caluminati, Seven Day Theory, right? I'm glad you can acknowledge um, that. Those words it, came out of your mouth. I appreciate it, that. It's factual, you know, but I mean, it is what it is. I, I've n- also never been shot five times or, or right. gone to jail. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that feels like. But, yeah. but but those were the genuine feelings and views of Tupac at that very time. And yeah. and I think that, you know, this album was the one where he really, really conveyed how it felt to go through what he went through, come out of prison and have your whole life ahead of you at his very young age. And I think he did it so excellently and that's what makes this album so amazing. Uh, yeah, well, that's a, one of the that's one of the many things that makes this album amazing. So, yeah. should we get into? Let's start with the highlights first. Yeah, I'll let you do the honors. Why don't you Why don't you start with your overarching highlights? Okay, I don't want to. You know, I I love I love Tupac on this album. So I don't want to go extra in. I'm just gonna go a little in. Tupac, you know, yes. as a vocal performer, is an excellent high first highlight. So I'll just say that first. I think you have comments on that. So Tupac is a highlight for me as well. And I think that when I was, you know, I've talked disparagingly about the Don Caluminati album because I, mm-hmm. because he sounds so paranoid mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't like it. But, you know, listening to me against the world, he actually sounds more agitated and more paranoid on that album than he does mm-hmm. on this one. He yeah. sound, he's fun on this. Yes. He sounds yes. like he's having a good time. Yes. This is like Tupac in a really good mood. For a guy who just got out of jail yeah. for some bullshit, right. it's like like he's yo, he's great on here. Yes. His energy on here is fantastic. I don't know why I didn't pick up on that yeah. when I was listening to this back in whenever that movie was it 2017? Whenever the, the Tupac right. film came out. Yeah. I don't know why how I didn't pick up on that. But like hmm. Tupac is awesome on here. He's so great. And and I agree with you, right, that like, and it's almost like you get all of his emotions, right? But, you yeah. know, but the emotion I think that he's conveying that you're talking about is like, yo, I just got out of jail. My whole life is ahead of yeah. me, right? Somebody yeah. gave me a million dollars and they just told me to go do what I love. Right. And 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 now my life is amazing. And, and, and you hear it. Yeah. But like versus me against the world, he's he's not paranoid on that album, but he's actually like he's moody on that album. Yeah. He's very. not moody here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, so Tupac yeah. is definitely a highlight for me as well. Yeah, Tupac um, is yeah, a, definitely a highlight. My next yeah. highlight is is Daz, man. Of course, uh, Daz was of amazing course. on this album. Daz um, is amazing on this album. My and I God. love and I love that the album starts with you yes. know a Daz production, <laughs> a legendary Daz production uh, with ambitions as a writer. Uh, but yeah, you, you have more on that. 
No, you. I. That, this is why I wanted to give you the honors because I wanted. Okay. I knew that my highlights were going to be your highlights. This album, I think, means more to you. So I wanted you to state the obvious before I could. Yes, Daz okay. is amazing on here. So Daz is amazing on here. Um, this is kind of a mixed, a mixed highlight. But so I'll say some of the features. Some of the features, yeah. Some of the features. Um, yeah. like Casey and JoJo. Oh my god. Oh my god. You yes. know. Yes. Uh, Method Man and Red Man. Yes, uh, yes. Snoop Dogg. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, like some of the uh, Danny Boy, who you know is featured throughout the album. Um, mm -hmm. You know, amazing. There are other other you know features that I don't think are so amazing. But what you do know, you think the of folks the, that the, I mentioned? The, the quick, the, the quick feature. Uh, well, the production. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Um, oh, you're talking about vocal features. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm okay, talking okay, about okay, vocal okay, features. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. you know, and actually, the, quick, quick. That's a good. That's a good. You know, I, I think quick is also a highlight. Um, you know, he he only gets one, one record, record that yeah. he produced, yeah. but he actually mixed twelve records on here. Oh, did he? And, and okay, it's cool. not credited. Yeah, but um, okay. supposedly he he mixed twelve records, and he was kind of an uncredited influence on the the kind of artistic direction of of the album. So um, quick for sure. Okay. Um, and then I guess my last probably overarching highlight is Johnny J. Okay. Um, I haven't been the biggest Johnny J fan just in, in general. Um, I, I personally think that his production is kind of generic. I've, I've kind of always felt that way. And I think that, you know, even the records that I love on this project, I don't like the, the, con like the production concept typically. Okay. But he executes it flawlessly. And by production concept, I mean, I don't like interpolations of big records that we like, <laughs> right? So like, like, like he, he, he interpolated Cameo Candy, right? Yeah. Like, like, it's like, bro, like everybody knows that record. If you go to a, if you go to a family reunion right now, right? People are going to be doing the electric slide to, to that song, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I typically don't like that style of like, I'm going to take a really popular song and then I'm going to. Produce, I'm gonna produce it over again. Like, like, you know, I almost prefer the puffy style of just fucking take the yeah, shit, right? Just, that, just, that, just that, loop that. it and just, yeah. and just. You want to add extra instrumentation, cool. But like, don't try to like get on a keyboard and play the song over again. I, I personally don't like that style. Okay. Tupac has a lot of production like that, and mm -hmm. and on this particular album, I think Johnny J does it in a way that is interesting. On and some of the records. On some of the records. Yeah. And Pac's vocal performances are so compelling that you almost forget that that you're like, oh, this is Cameo Candy, but you're not sitting there listening to it going, oh, this is Candy, oh, this is Candy, over and over again. I think you kind of get over it. With that song. Yeah. Yes. I mean, for, for the records that I love on here, because okay. there's, there's yeah, multiple yeah. records on here that I love that are, are that. Like, okay. half of this album is that, right? Like, interpolations yeah. of popular songs. Yeah. But uh, I mean, even hit him up, right? Like, mm -hmm. same shit. But but I mean, I, I really did, love Johnny J. Those did, hit him, uh, did hit him up? I believe he did. Okay. Let me look that up. Uh, so those are my highlights, and I'll look it up, and, and you can you can go to yours. To be honest, I don't think I have any other additional high overarching highlights on the album. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Johnny J. Did hit him up. I see. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any additional overarching highlights. I think you pretty much got everything that I that I would have. If I if, if I could think of one later, I'll bring it up. But I think that those are pretty much my overarching highlights as well. Bet. Did you yeah. want to do track for track, or did well, you we're not going to do every single track on here? Yeah, of but course we not. can I mean, we can do track our highlights. track highlights. I mean, and obviously, just the start is, you know, I I was going to do a bit where I was going to say this song is trash and overrated because I wanted to see your reaction, right? 
Okay. But I, 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 I wasn't going to be able to do it with a straight face. <laughs> this, um, obviously, I mean, the song yeah. we're going to talk about is the is the intro to the album, which is yes. arguably one of the greatest intros to any album across any genre ever. Absolutely. Uh, Ambitions as a writer is like of songs that I can listen to on repeat on this album. This is probably the only one. Like I could, I could probably listen to this song for an hour straight, and and be okay. Um, yeah, Daz Dillinger doing great Daz Dillinger things, Tupac oh, yeah. doing great Tupac things. Um, yeah, this is the highlight of all highlights, I, I, yeah. as, as we like to say. <laughs> yeah, love this joint. This isn't my favorite record on, on the album, but I do love okay. this song. Um, it's a uh, Joe Ski Love, uh, Pee Wee Dance. They they sampled right. the drums, the uh, drums out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and man, I mean, wow. This is supposed to be, so supposedly he recorded three songs in his first session. Like, like he landed. Yeah. He yes. landed out of jail and recorded yeah. three songs, and this is one of them. This was this was the first one, I think. I think this was the first full song. I I want to say song. he did like I want to say he did like California Love, then this, then All Eyes on Me or something like that. When I was looking through the the looking through like the genius, sometimes I go through the, mm -hmm. the genius lyrics because you get a little tidbits about the song. I didn't do that right, any, right. every song on on this album, but I did it for this one. I think Corrupt said that this was the first song that they recorded. Okay. I think yeah, this yeah. is the first song that song that they recorded, but I think, I think he, if I remember correctly, and you know Panama or whoever else is a hip hop historian, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Death Row Studios kind of had like you know a, an A room, a B room, a C room type yeah, of yeah, thing, yeah, 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 yeah. and so I think what Pac did was like he came in and Suge asked him to get on California Love. He dropped his California Love verse and then walked out of that studio and walked into the studio that. Gotcha. Daz and Corrupt okay. would have been in and then, you know, dropped something there and then left that room and went to the room where Johnny J was and then recorded, you know, uh, All Eyes on Me. So I think that's how okay. it happened. All right. So why don't you go through your your track to track highlights then? So we, we already right. got Ambitions as a Writer. What's your, what's your next Ambitions one? Ambitions as a Writer absolutely has to be all about you, man. I, okay. I fucking love this song, man. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, I, I feel like we talk about sophomoric misogyny and I don't even know if I feel like this is super sophomoric. But the concept is kind of sophomoric. Yeah. But damn, this song, it just feels good. I love this song. It does feel good. I'm not sure if it's necessarily a highlight for me. It's, mm. Have we heard uh, Nate Dogg sing this hook or, or someone else sing a variation of this hook in another song? Maybe. Okay, then if your response tells me that we probably uh, haven't, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I love this. I love this hook. So they said that, uh, that, that, you know, they came from a video shoot for for a Snoop Dogg video. Yeah, it was Snoop, Nate, and then like Corrupt or Pac. Or Pac. Yeah. One, like it was like three of them that were walking through, and like all of the chicks that were there to shoot the video, like they like one of them knew the chick very well. Right, right? and so like they were having a conversation about that in the studio, like maybe the next day or something like that. And they said Nate was just like every other city we go, like just saying. It. And then they were just like, "Yo, yo, yo, keep that. That's the that's the hook." And Nate's like, "Are you are you for real?" And I'm like, "Nah, just lay that." And then it, it became the hook. It's so weird because like I listen to the song and I enjoy it, and I I appreciate the fact that you say that you know it's, it's kind of sophomoric. And I think listening to a lot of this album, I'm just like, man, like you know, I forget how just how immature and sophomore twenty five year old men can be. You know, like yeah. when when you're when you're a kid and they're grown, you don't really think about that. But then as you become a grown man, you're like, wow, like some of this stuff is really immature. I mean, especially given yeah. the fact that it's like, look, how are you going to knock a woman for her hustle? 
You know what I mean? She in the same space as you at. Like, why are you going to knock someone for that? And, and of you, course, paid her, I'm, I'm, you paid her to be in your video. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, am I overthinking it? Yes. Nevertheless, like, it's still it's kind of like a legitimate criticism. Like, and I'm kind of like, well, like, what are, what are we doing here? But still, it's still a good song. It's a fun song. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if it's a highlight for me, but, uh, but, I, but, yeah. but I feel you on it. It's so fun, man. I mean, yeah. and it's like, uh, what's the what's the Snoop Dogg song that we always we always talk about with corrupt? Well, if corrupt gave up, I got out of You know, it's like that kind of level of of fun misogyny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's your next joint? Um, so my next highlight is got my mind made up. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a highlight, man. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on that? Your, your your favorite your favorite crew is featured here. I wish that not only was Daz not featured on here, but Corrupt mm -hmm. wasn't featured on here, just so okay. that we could get Inspector Deck. I really just wish it was like Tupac, Redman, Method Man, and Inspector Deck. Mm -hmm. um, even though I think I've heard the Inspector Deck verse and it didn't impress me, but yeah. Method Man Method Man's flow on here is like wow, yo. Um, so here's my yeah. question. And I posed this question and um, on a, a group chat, and it became a thread, like seventy something comments. Okay. Uh, who had the best verse? I think Method Man has the best verse. Okay, that's what I said too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were arguing for Pac's verse, and I would say that it's I think good. Pac really did hold his own on the, he on does, the record. Yeah. But I think I think yeah. Mess flow on like I'm listening to it because I haven't heard the song in a while, mm -hmm. and I listened to it, I was like, oh my god, like man. Method Man could fucking blow his ass off back in the day. My God. When we used to, uh, when I used to play ball in, in high school, you know, we used to have certain records that we played before before we went out and, and, and you know, and hooped. Yeah. And this was one of them. And uh, and we used to we used to say before we walked out, play a game of Russian roulette and have a blast. Like yeah, we just yeah. love that, that, that bar. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, yeah, this is definitely yeah. a highlight for me as well. I, I'll say, you know, just to give y'all kind of a little bit of background story, they say that you know this record was actually recorded for dog food. Um, and oh, really? uh, okay. and it didn't it didn't land on the album because they say Daz was getting tired of mixing records and he didn't feel like mixing this one to make it to make the deadline. Um, but the original version of the song featured um, Lady of Rage, where Tupac's verse was, and um, Inspector Deck at the end of the song. Yeah, that's why you Pac hear the ad libs in there. Correct. Pac yeah. comes out of jail, and you know they hadn't they hadn't placed the song yet, so they played it for him. He said he definitely wanted it because he loves meth and, and red. Um, and so he basically they basically took off Lady of Rage's verse and let him put a verse there. Then um, apparently he was like, "Yo, what the fuck is this deck shit at the end? I don't want it. It's making the song too long." It's so it's, he, it's not a good verse, in fairness. Um, it's not a it's, bad it's, verse it's either. Not, but it's not I mean, one of his. It's not, it's yeah, not it's, like in a time when, atomically right at a time when deck is also giving like dope features or when he's about to get dope dope features yeah it's this would not have been like one of his dope features yeah so he so he takes he takes deck's verse off the song and then um according to i've heard i've heard it told a few different ways i think it was according to corrupt daz was upset that Dex verse was taken off and so he left his ad libs. <laughs> um Daz doesn't tell that part of the story and when he recounts it. So okay. yeah, but interesting. You know what? Next uh, uh, next highlight? My next highlight has to be how do you want it? Of man. course. Uh, I wanna say I miss I miss records like this. Yeah. Um first of all, Casey and JoJo yeah. are just amazing on yeah. this song. Um I think the original version of this song that nobody has actually featured Danny Boy. 
um, at, at doing this hook. And I think, you know, uh, they ended up calling, I think Suge ended up calling Casey and JoJo. Because if you remember, there was a period of time where Casey and JoJo were kind of thinking about joining Death Row and they were mad cool with Suge and the whole nine and ended up getting them to re-sing this hook. But they absolutely murdered this record. They took it over the top. And by I miss records like this, I mean like, like what is how do you want it? How do you feel? Like it's it's not really about anything right. like really, yeah. but it like it gives enough of, of flexibility where Tupac can just come and say whatever the fuck he wants and we just get to feel his energy yeah. and his personality. I, I don't have anything else to add other than I, I really enjoy this track. Um, yeah. Tupac is, is amazing on it. Great production from Johnny J. Yes. Probably my favorite Johnny J production on the album. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, and Casey and JoJo. I, I had the same thoughts. I'm like, wow, like these guys just overdid it uh, yeah. on this. So, yeah. They said, um, I, I read in a, in a, one of the synopses, they were kind of talking about, uh, Casey and JoJo were talking about the song and they were talking about how when they came, I guess they had already kind of deleted Danny Boy's vocals off it or whatever. Mm. And so Tupac was in the studio and he laid his version of how the hook was supposed to sound and they said they was they asked him like yo please stop stop trying to sing bro like you like we understand what you're trying to do but you sound really bad <laughs> so mm. that was a funny mm. funny like little story uh man next next highlight is is two of america's most wanted and two this of america's most wanted this is like one of my top probably top five tupac songs like i okay. fucking love this song um for e every reason ever um you know, you and I have previously kind of talked about how, you know, when you're a kid, you 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 you, you buy into all the theatrics of, of hip hop music, right? We like yeah. Busta Rhymes and we like yeah. Missy because they had these larger than life personas. This was the record where like Tupac and Snoop Dogg are these these larger than life gangster rap personas and you get to see the two of them together it's almost like watching the avengers right it's like mm -hmm. oh shit like you know that that's spider-man next to iron man next to fucking whoever else right and it was relevant too given these, yeah. who these artists were it's absolutely right relevant. i think they both had court cases yes, at the same did. time in this yeah. time frame you know Pac was just coming home uh this record was a game changer for every reason you can think of right but living on the west coast when this came out as a single I mean, it was. I, I I don't even know if I can think of another record that compares to like how star-studded and how mind-blowing it was that this this song came out. Um, and I remember, you know, being in Chino when this song first was premiered on the radio, and 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 Snoop says, "I got a house out in the hills right next to Chino." And everybody in Chino and Chino Hills being like, yo, yo. we on, we on, nigga, we on. <laughs> so, like, it was a fucking big deal. Like, that was the first record probably that we ever got shouted out. Like, we were just L.A.'s, you know, cousin, uh, country cousin up the road. And this record, like, like made us feel like we were on. You know what I'm saying? No, I I do. <laughs> I, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know That's if you felt the same way when uh when when uh when Wu Tang shouted out Virginia, Virginia, DC, Maryland. Of course, yo, Virginia yeah. got, got shout out, shouted out a lot for all the wrong reasons as right. you know, as an adult. Right. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, VA, we getting shouted out. Yeah. So yeah. it was a big deal for us. Um, so you know, and I'm gonna go to my next highlight, but before that, I'm gonna say there were a couple choices here with with the sequencing that really pissed me off, right? Because okay. you know I like my runs. Yeah. So, you know, the album starts hot yeah. and then Scandalous comes and it's track three and it's such a muh song that it's yeah. just like, damn, like why yeah. is, like why, it breaks up a run, right? 
And then, you know, additionally, like, No More Pain comes, and it breaks yeah. up a run for me where yeah. I, I'm hearing these amazing songs, and then I hear a song that's not amazing, and I'm like, yeah. why would you do this? Uh, and and let me let me speak on No More Pain before we go on. Um, so he so he takes this this Method Man lyric and he you know makes it into his hook, right? Yeah. You this have Method Man very, on your album. Yeah. Like, a, why don't yeah. you just get Method Man to say this shit? Like, you know, I came to bring the pain, hardcore to the brain, coming to my astral plane. Cool. Get Meth to say that. Like, yeah. at least that would make the song suck a little bit less. I don't like this song. So, we're supposed to be talking about highlights, but yeah. I, you know, I'll save my. Well, I'll save this for the lowlights. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was I, I was uh, upset that that this broke up my run because I love absolutely love the next song, which is a, another highlight. Hearts of yeah, Men. Hearts, Hearts of Men is a really good song. Man, uh, quick. What can I say about Quick? I love this song. I love Quick Quick's beat. Um, I love his energy. Just just Pac. You you could tell Pac had a lot on his chest, and it really felt like he got what he had on his chest off on this beat. Yeah. Um, you know, DJ Quick is West Coast royalty. I, you know, uh, for all of our fans that have West Coast sensibilities, I've been trying to get Outlaw to do a, a DJ Quick album on this on this podcast for Mad yeah, Long no. with me. So well, y'all hit the comments, happen. tell him that he's bugging. Y'all want a Quick album, and we gonna get it popping. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll do. <laughs> we'll do Quick. No, I, I've always respected Quick. I just, yeah. I think that for, for me, it's one of those things where it's like. Um, I'd probably appreciate like his greatest hits more so than like some of the albums because I've listened to mm -hmm. some of the albums and I'm like, wow, there's some really good songs on here. And then a bunch of things that, in my opinion, didn't date well for me personally. But yeah, um, yeah so. Rhythmalism, man. That shit is a classic. And we'll talk about it later. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, next highlight for you. Next highlight is Life Goes On. Um, okay. I love this song. Uh, you know, the the everything that I've read about this song, they said... When he was writing this song, so supposedly Pac kind of had two modes in the studio. He either had, yo, it's a party, get as many niggas in here as we can and they gonna all drop verses. Or he had like, yo, I'm trying to write some really serious shit, get everybody out of the studio and just let me concentrate. This song was one of those where supposedly, you know, he cleared everybody out of the studio. He wrote this song, it was just him and Johnny J in the studio. They brought in all his homies, which Johnny J described as a bunch of street cats, to play the song for, for them. And supposedly it brought tears to the eyes of many of the individuals that were in the, the room just because the subject matter resonated with them. And man, you know, when I talk about this album and I talk about records that really grew with me as I grew yeah. through my journey in life, this record is the one that really grew with me the most. Um, it really resonates with me. I went to a funeral yesterday, so, right. you know, again, this really resonates with me. Um, I mean, obviously not for a lot of the reasons talked about on the song, but um, I even interpolated this song on on uh, on my Radiant Child project. So I, okay. I really, really love this song. I would say this is like the keep your head up, uh, you know, of, of this album. So. so I'm not a big fan of this song, but I oh, was wow. listening to it. And, and, and I'm not a big fan of this song and a number of the songs on this album. Okay. But I had the caveat to myself was like look i can understand that if i was a really big tupac fan mm -hmm. and and i just really liked everything like about his style and his delivery and just everything he stood for i could see that this would be one of the songs that would grow on me mm -hmm. um it's definitely not a highlight for me i personally don't think that musically it's a good song i think it's mm -hmm. annoying that's not it takes nothing away from the subject matter i'm just talking about yeah. the music of the song right okay. i think it's, it's an annoying song musically but like i said 
I could see that if I was like a Tupac acolyte and everything he did was flawless, that I would over time allow this song to grow on me and think it was great. And I think that that criticism you're going to hear for a lot of my, I guess, lowlights on this album, that they all kind of have that same caveat. Okay. So anyway, I'm not yeah. a Tupac acolyte and I like this song. Right. But nevertheless, <laughs> I think that this you said that this song grew on you, correct? Well, so I'm saying that I said that from the perspective of um, there are huge hit records that when you're a kid and huge hit records matter to you, they right. matter. Right. This song, I just like it as a song and and its meaning has kind of opened up to me like a flower as I've grown. Did you always like this song though? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not always like. Yeah. I. Got yeah. It. Yeah. So. so my next highlight I have mixed feelings about, but I'll still call it a highlight. Um, I've always thought that the original version of California Love was way fucking better than the, the version that they put on this album. It is. And so, you know, I'll put California Love as a as a highlight, but I don't mean this version. So here's the deal. Um, this version is a highlight for me, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, okay. um, it is not a better song than the original California Love. But right. that being said, I don't think that version, I don't, I don't, with this rendition of the album as a double disc, Mm-hmm. That version of California Love, I don't think fits on this album. Mm. And I think that this rendition, this 130 minute fucking album, mm. I think that this version of California Love, this remix, is a is a better version. Um, the other mm. thing too is that like I kind of like the idea is like, look, we made this hit. It's a huge hit, but it doesn't mm. have to be on the album. And so mm. we can have the single here, and then we can have an album version here. I kind of mm. like that because you're gonna listen to okay. the single anyway, you know. I don't love this remix. I do enjoy it in the context of this album. I, I still think it's a good it's a good song. Um, but yeah, I think it's a better fit for this album than the than the radio single. Okay, I don't agree, but okay. I, but I feel you. Um, I think that you know the one thing I will say for this song is that Pac absolutely murders his verse on this song. Um, oh, he does. And you know, for it to be the first thing that he did when he came home, I mean, you can hear all of the passion and urgency yeah. in in his performance. Um, I, you know, what can I say about this song? Like, okay, here's what I can say about this song. Right. This song was supposed to be a Dr. Dre song. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Dre was ready to leave the label already. Supposedly, he had a three three verse version of this song that he wanted to take and create for his Aftermath label, uh, the compilation that nobody cares about. Um, he recorded his verses and then Tupac came home and Suge was like, fuck you, Dre, we're gonna put Pac on this song. So apparently, you know, Dr. Dre really had beef with the fact that this song was a song. So that's oh, interesting. Well. Oh well. Yeah, it sorry. It is. <laughs> he was the best verse on here by far. Right. Sorry. What, uh, uh, what you got next? Next highlight is I Ain't Mad At You. Mm-hmm. Um, love this song. And I remember, you know, I remember this song really blew up LA radio, which was interesting because, you know, there's this, a lot of the other singles that blew up LA radio was, you know, really upbeat and popping and hey, hey, you know, but I Ain't Mad At You. I, I don't know if it was a subject matter or just that crazy bass line, um, you know, but the, the joint was really ill. Shout out to Danny Boy. He he killed this joint. Daz, you know, who made the beat. Like, I really like this song. It's not a highlight for me, but I respect the song. I understand its greatness. I get it. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. not a highlight for me personally. I've never really, this song, I never really took to this song. And, okay. you know, I will say that had I taken to this song, I might have been a better Tupac fan as, as mm-hmm. a child. Because mm-hmm. this was one of the, the singles, right? Ambitions yep. as a writer is not a single. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, How Do You Want It, I think, was a single. But I'm not sure if it was a huge hit around our way like it was in, in California. Uh, okay, I think it okay. became a huge hit later okay. just because people had the album and they and they were playing it more. But like, I don't like right. how do you want it was not on the radio like that. Um, oh, okay. Two of America's Most. Was that a single? Yes. Well, I mean, in Cali, it was. I think it was like the fourth single. Maybe? They had a video for it, but that wasn't yeah. on the radio like that a lot either. The one that was definitely on the radio was California Love. And I manage it was definitely on the radio. And I think that maybe had I enjoyed the song more i might have been a bigger tupac fan as a kid maybe maybe okay. what's uh what's your what's your next highlight here my next highlight and pardon us you know folks this is a double disc so there's a lot of a lot of shit on this album no, my fine. next is uh is can't see me um interesting okay I, I love this record um you know and i mean this is the one of two records that we get from dr dre on here um, it was originally this production and hook was originally slated for um, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube's collab album. So they they were working mm-hmm. on an album called Helter Skelter. It never came out. Um, yeah, man, I like this and it, it kind of has similar energy to the, um, the 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 DJ Quick production on the last disc. Interesting to me. This felt like uh, Tupac doing Dog Pound things without Dog Pound featured. Uh, you know, I appreciate the George Clinton feature on here. I'm not a big fan of this song. Give so, me my but, money but again, stacks and lace my bitches with Dom figures. Look, I'm not dissing Tupac on the song. I just, for yeah. me, it's just one of those. I'm like, eh, I'm not really feeling it. But again, I have to put yeah. the caveat that had I listened to this album as as mm-hmm. a kid and and listened to it throughout the years, it might have grown on me. I might and I might feel differently. But listening to it Man. now, I'm like, eh. this is one of those records that you know I talked about songs we listened to before we went out and hooped and tried to you know tear our, our enemies hearts out yeah. uh you know or even me you know nerdy ass me in an engineering school you know going to, to take an exam like these were, were this is a record that i listened to and it really just put me in a headspace of really trying to trying to dominate so i really really okay. like this song all right which what you got um, so man and you and i will talk about this but the the second disc gets kind of spotty so oh, right so so we we skip a bunch of records and my next highlight is Picture Me Rolling. Yes. Classic. Yeah. It's, it's um, a really good song. And I mean, you know, when you have a song that's a good song and it features Big Psych, it's a really good song, right? Because yeah. Big Psych is really bad. Uh, Yeah. Because he's featured on another song on here that's not good. But on this, I think it's the next one. I don't like Check Out Time. But you don't like Check Out Ro- Time? Nah, but Picture Me Rolling, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is a really good song. I love this song, and and you know my next highlight actually is Checkout Time. Okay, but I, I I feel you. I agree with you that like it's not a great song, um, but I love kind of what it's about because it, it to me it kind of tells the Tupac story and it tells the hey we're rappers story. Uh, supposedly it's you know a true story about a trip to Vegas that they had you know and and I like. I, I I don't know I don't know if you've been there, but I feel like I've I've been there before. Like I know exactly what they're talking about. I, I mean, have I been to Vegas? You mean? No, the the you know, uh, you, you had a, a a wild night. You you waking up in a oh, hotel like and it's you. like, damn, like <laughs> we actually have to check out by a certain time. So like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever no, we got going on in this room, it needs to be cleaned up in the next x amount of time, <laughs> and we need to get out of here because they're gonna charge us for another day. I, I know that that feeling. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, check out time, not a highlight for me. Picture me rolling, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, yeah, what a good song. What a good song. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the my next highlight is that, you know, completes the trilogy of Big Psych, uh, you know, records where where 
Big Psych has trash verses on good songs. Um, All Eyes on Me. <laughs> All Eyes it, on Me. This is a highlight for me. Yeah. Uh, to really me, this song. song is hella classic. It's one yeah. of the first songs he recorded when he came out of jail. Um, and I believe this is the song that kind of sparked the like Pac versus Nas subliminal beef. It is. You know, it um, is. So, but I, but I really enjoy this song too. Yeah, nah, this is definitely a highlight for me as well. And, um, you know, I kind of go back and forth over which version is better because I heard um, Street Dreams first before I heard mm -hmm. All Eyes on Me. Uh -huh. And I mean, obviously, this gets points for being the first one to come out. Mm -hmm. um, it also gets points for, you know, Tupac being really good on here for a really good hook. I think Street Dreams is a really good song. Yes. But I, I think... I think I think I might have to give it to all eyes on me. Yeah. That's so funny, man. I think it it like which one I like better depends on my mood. Yeah. So yeah, like that's, that's all eyes on me feels better. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, it just feels good. But like, man, Nas on uh on Street Dreams. Yeah, uh, you know, when I when I wanna think, like when I wanna sit there and dissect what you're doing, yeah, Street Dreams is better. It's me. like it's like a it's like a 55 to 45 split for me. Mm. You know what I mean? But I feel you on it depends on the on the mood because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. So. Yeah. So uh, those are my highlights. And I think I had more than you. Did I miss any of your highlights? The only one you missed from me is Thug Passion. And the reason okay. why this is a highlight isn't even because this song, although I do think it's a good song. Okay. But this song is a highlight for me, obviously, as being a cat from the DMV who mm -hmm you know grew up with the go-go music and i'm not even saying i'm the biggest go-go oh, yeah. go fan awesome. in the dc area because obviously i'm not but i'm definitely right. the biggest go-go fan in this room on this podcast That's and fair. thug passion is still remains one of my yes. favorite favorite go-go songs and it's fire you know what i mean like and yeah. that like the way that they take this hook and they, th they take a decent song and make it mm -hmm. better. And look, I agree. Go-Go, sometimes they take good songs and they make them they make them worse. Right? I agree. They also yeah. take some bad songs and made it better. Like the um, the um, Pieces of Me, the Ashley Simpson song. Yeah, Not a good song. Oh my God. But Not a great Go-Go song. Go -Go song. But the Go-Go version is fucking incredible, yeah, right? Yeah, it's fire. This Thug Passion song, it's a decent song from Tupac. I'm not sure if it's a highlight for the album, but like it's cool. Especially like what it's talking mm -hmm. about. Like it, give me a Thug Passion. Like, yeah, she wants that, you know, whatever. She she wants that thug love in the in the bedroom. That's what she wants. Like, whatever, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. But like the way that they the backyard band like flips that shit. Oh my mm -hmm. god! Like the energy and that the pocket that they use for that they've used for several other really really good tracks. Yo, um, if you yeah. haven't heard this record, and and I am not the biggest Go Go fan, so yeah. you know I'll, I'll caveat it with that. This shit is fire.
hopefully we're going we're going to throw it in the background a little bit so y'all can hear it not but, a little bit you know not a little bit i'm yeah. going i'm editing this episode <laughs> and this song i am going to break part part of okay. our vocal just so that you could hear like a good like 10 to 15 20 so i don't know you're going to hear this song in the in yeah. the uh, in the podcast for sure yeah i agree with, with outlaw this is actually one of my favorite um go go records Right. And I, but I will say though, like I think this song is a meh song that mm-hmm. some a go go artist made much better than the original version. Look, and that that might be fair. I might be partial to the song just because of go go. So, so that's it. Yeah, that kind of you know wraps it up for my you know track for track highlights as well. Um, okay. Checkout sign for me is not a highlight, mm-hmm. uh, and what was it? Uh, Life goes on is not a mm-hmm. is not a highlight. Um, right. Only only God can judge me. I I like I like the premise. Yeah, I like the I premise. Agree. And, and this I actually. Is- I actually also thought that the drum cadence was interesting just because there's not a lot of West Coast artists that you heard on that drum cadence, right? Like yeah. that drum cadence is uh, the same as uh, Milk is chilling, Giz yes. is top yeah. billing, like, yeah. you know, that. And, and that's like an interesting drum cadence for a West Coast artist. So I did like that, but I, I don't really like the song that much. So let me just say that one of the things that I do like about this song, and this is going to transition into the lowlights, actually, mm-hmm. is that, you know, I, I understand the sentiment of this song and and, okay. and and I like the sentiment of the song. And in fact, a lot of the tracks that I don't like on this album, I understand one, why they were recorded. Mm-hmm. And I understand the sentiment. Like the sentiment is a decent sentiment to have on a record, yep. right? But my biggest overarching lowlights is the fact that this album is over two hours long without any fucking skits. Holy hmm. shit. Whose wow. decision was it? to make an that. album that is over two hours long. That's crazy. It's absurd. And my thing is this, right? We just recorded Fuji's The Score. And when mm-hmm. I went back to, to listen to that, I had that album on repeat for right. like like four or five listens. No right. problem. Listening to the right. entire thing, like it was good. Mm-hmm. I listened to this whole thing and I, I went back to listen to Ambitions as a Writer because, you know, it loops through and I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I was feeling it. And then, it, then we get to... Um, then it gets to all about you, and immediately I was like, "Yo, it's too much Tupac. I have to turn this shit off." Like I had to take two songs. My... Yes, yes. Come on, son. I go to Ambitious as Writer because I love that track. I love that track, and I get to All About You, and I was all of a sudden I was like, "This is too much Tupac. I need a break. I just needed a break. I had to get a 24 hour break of listening to non Tupac to then go back to listen to this album again. I had to because for me, you have to understand like this is not an album that I grew up with." And Tupac, okay. like I said, for the reasons at the at the top of the episode, that the production on here is largely not something that is really going to resonate with me. I'm not a, I'm not from the West Coast. This wasn't necessarily my you know my my genre. There's not mm-hmm. enough interesting things in the production for me to really get behind. And mm-hmm. Tupac, you know, is kind of basic. Not in a bad way. That's not to criticize him. It's just for me, like it's not something that resonates. So there's a lot of Tupac on here that is just like yo. It's too much. I need a break. 
almost like listening to to Eminem, how that can be exhausting. Mm. I don't mean to to put them in the same, you know, I don't mean to compare them because I think that, you know, Tupac as a musician, it's doesn't even belong in the same fucking book as Eminem, right? right. But, you know, this album is kind of exhausting for me because there, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot. I, and even though I can understand why every single song on here was recorded. I get it. And I think that if I was a Tupac acolyte or a real big Tupac fan, I would probably love every single song on here. I get it. You probably can't get enough. You probably wish this album had another disc. I get it. But for me, I'm like, yo, some of the like, it's just it's just way too fucking long. I think objectively, you know, we can say that this this album is too long, has too yes. many songs, um, and and has too much filler, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think you're completely and totally bugging by saying that you can't listen to two Tupac songs in a row. Like that's no, 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 no. No. What I was saying, what I was saying was, I listened to the entire album, and then I would oh, go back to okay, listen okay, to you it try again. To cycle back, and through. after I, I ambitions as a writer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, I got to all about you, and I was like, I can't do this again. I need okay, a break. No, no. I, I, I agree. Um, yeah. I think the the one thing that I will say, you know, that to me redeems it a bit is, you know, I I, I watched a, a Nate Dogg interview and another interview with another artist, and I don't remember who it was, but that was in this Death Row family. Yeah. Might have been Daz. Okay. And um, each of them said the same thing, which was, Pac got out of jail. He signed with Death Row. To some degree, he kind of sold his soul to the devil, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. he, you know, he, 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 he signed uh, on the dotted line. And, you know, he he double signed, right? So he signed the mm -hmm. record deal and he also signed to Suge Knight as his manager, yeah. right? Um, they locked him into a three album deal. Yeah. And so part of the reason why he was recording so furiously is because yes. he wanted to get out of the three album yes. deal as fast as yes. possible. I know the story. And yeah. so he was able to, he was able to fulfill two of his three albums with this album. Mm -hmm. So so he, he he intentionally recorded two albums worth of material in order to try to, to, to fulfill the contract. Um, and so I think, you know, one, you can hear it. You can hear how fast he's yeah. recording. Um, and two, you know, I kind of don't blame him for like trying to get out from under, you know, yeah. Suge's thumb as yeah. fast as possible. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that's just something that like I, I kind of wanted to state because, you know, oh, yeah. another thing to, to, to say about that is this is the first double disc hip hop, mainstream hip hop album of all time right is, so he, I think you're correct yeah so he's right so he did something that's never been done before mm -hmm. and he did it for a specific reason so yeah. you know I, I think the context kind of matters a little bit here i appreciate you bringing that uh, that story because yes i'm familiar with that as well he did the double yeah. disc so that he could get out of the contract supposedly big did his double disc so that because he wanted out of the bad boy contract because he wanted oh, to do his own thing i didn't even well. know that yeah um but nevertheless like it's still over two hours long Right, right. There's a lot of songs on here yep. that are just like, yo, like they just drag on. And that's the other thing, yeah. too, right? Mm -hmm. On a double disc where you have no skits and you have all these songs, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them go on forever. Like they don't, yes, they don't need to be this long. Each yep. disc could have been 50 to 55 minutes and boom, you fulfill your contract. You've got songs mm -hmm. that are just on loop for like a minute and 30 <laughs> seconds, too. What are you doing yeah. on an album that's already really long? What are you? Cut that shit off. What's going on yeah. here? Yeah. And so that's really kind of, that's really kind of just kind of annoying to me. I think that that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I had trouble listening to this album back to back is right. because of that. Yeah, no, that's um, fair. I, I actually commend you for, for sitting through, because I didn't even sit this time around prepping for this pot, this podcast episode. 
I didn't even sit through the full 130 minutes, right? But yeah. I mean, I've heard this album a million yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So for you to be able to sit through that and well, like, I had try to, to do it I again, to, like, like I, yeah. I, I respect and commend just, you know, that effort. But but that's the thing though, right? Like I can, you know, I can do that with Wu-Tang Forever. No, no, yeah. no problem. I could do that with Life After Death. No problem, mm. right? Now, obviously mm. I really mm. like those artists and I really like those albums and maybe other more objective listeners probably couldn't yeah. be able to do that and that's fair. Right. I, I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I get that. But I'm just saying, like, I tried to do it here and it was a struggle. Um, but, yeah. But here's here's what I'll say to your 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 earlier point or your, your previous point. Right. Like, you know, they say when you view someone favorably. Right. You remember and you recognize their positive attributes. Mm-hmm. When you think back and you think about them, you think positively when they do something to you or you have an interaction with them. You, you pick out the positive things from that interaction, right? Your brain just does that automatically. And when you view somebody unfavorably, it's the opposite, right? Like their right. negatives are, are glaring, right? And so, you know, I feel, like, I feel like to some degree, it seems as though you view Tupac fairly unfavorably. And so, you know, when I go, when I go and, I, and, I, and I listen to Wu-Tang Forever, right? Which mm. is an album that you love and yes. we've talked about. Yes, and yes, we yes. talked about it, you know, glowingly. It was our, it was um, our first tribute. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's a double disker, and you know it, it it has a second disc that features records like Dog Shit and and Black Shampoo, right? I like um, Dog Shit. I think, I, yeah, you like you like Dog Shit. <laughs> um, you know, and 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 I'm able to listen to that and 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 kind of say, okay, you know, I don't love those records so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm this is an otherwise amazing album because yeah. I'm able to say I can pick out the and man. That first disc is amazing. Right. I can pick out the amazing things of it, and I can say that there's other things that are not so amazing, but that's mm-hmm. fine. It just didn't really resonate with me and keep it moving. And I feel like you have to be able to do that when you listen to this album as yeah. well, or you're not going to be able to enjoy it. Like, no, you know, yeah. if you if you're listening to the album trying to find things that you don't like, there's going to be a lot of shit that you don't like. Well, but it, okay, but the, not, the highs are really, really high. Look, highs. The highs are highs, and I wasn't trying to find things to not like. Mm-hmm. The things that I think I highlighted are pretty obvious, right? Like it is really mm-hmm. long. And certain songs I'm like, yeah, why no, is sure. the song still playing? Like it doesn't need yeah. to be playing, right? For sure. Um while I view Tupac more unfavorably than you do, I don't mm-hmm. view him unfavorably on this album. Okay. Um I've because I've heard you they, disparage this album in the past. In fact, probably, yeah. the first time I brought this album up to do a tribute, you were like, Oh, we're gonna do a tribute to that album. I did. Are you like, sure? Yes. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting thing for me to say because I recognize the iconic you, status of this album. You said that the only album from Tupac that you would be willing to do a oh, tribute I might for was that. Me Against the World. Yeah, I might have said that. Yeah, yeah. I was bugging. That's a, I apologize. That was wrong. No. I, should not have, I should not have said that. That was just wrong. I was bugging. Um, I do remember saying that though. You're, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good call out there. But, um, but I don't think that that is the case here because Tupac mm-hmm. is not my problem with, with right, this album. Right, it's right. just that some of the musical choices, just, they just kind of drone on and on and on. Not and like you. I said, I've given the caveat that I think that if I were a, a bigger Tupac fan and I and I grew up with this album, right. a lot of the songs that are kind of like drag on to me, like I know some yeah. of our listeners who really love this album would be like, nah, man, everything on, on here is good. And I don't think <laughs> Rodney, you're wrong what's for up? that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna say no name, <laughs> but I don't think they're wrong. I just, yeah. I just, I don't see it that way. Like, I'm not yeah. trying to be too critical. There's only gonna be a few songs on here that I will, that will be absolute lowlights for me. Now, do you have any yeah. other overarching lowlights? Because that's that's pretty much it. 
for me? Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've already called out Big Psych. Uh, sorry, Big right. Psych, but I, I think you're bad. Um, you know, I would say just some of the other features. The features that I didn't mention, which there's a lot of them. Yeah. I, I, I think we're, we're not great. Um, you know, some of these producers, uh, Devante, again, mm. you know, Ooh, another. I'm going to even going to say that, but okay. Another terrible production by Devante. Sorry, yeah. bro. Like, you know, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Mike Mosley and Rick Rock, mm-hmm. you know, two Bay Area legends. And I and I realized that, you know, a, a major part of the, the Tupac origin story is in the Bay. And so yeah. it's very in, important for Pac to kind of have those things on, on his on his major projects. But I did not need, um, you know, the Mike Mosley and Rick Rock records on here. Um, you know, I don't dislike trading war stories. Um, I yeah, think I might okay. view that album more favorably if it, if this was just one disc and this was the, mm-hmm. that was like a filler track. Because mm. um, I like the like I said, I like the concept and the sentiment of the song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doug Rashid didn't need it. Bobcat, I, I love Bobcat, legendary producer. Yeah. Did didn't really need it. so. A lot of the the productions that we didn't talk about, uh, you know, I, I don't want to keep calling folks out, but those joints and a lot of the 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 um, the uh, features that we didn't call out, and then you know, additionally, like like you said, just the general length, both yeah. the length of individual songs yes. and the length of the overarching project were just yeah. too long. There were songs that had additional verses that we didn't need, right. you know, length that we didn't need. So, those are kind of my overarching lowlights. So I've got two song highlights, uh, song lowlights. Okay. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that there's other songs on here that I don't dislike, but because this is a really long album and, and because, of, like I said, my earlier caveat, I don't mm-hmm. think it's actually fair for me to say like Scandalous is a lowlight. You know what I mean? Right. Because I know some right. people are going to vibe with that track. So I'm not going mm-hmm. to do that. There's mm-hmm. only going to be two songs that are lowlights. One, okay. a quick lowlight is um shorty want to be a thug and the reason why this is a low light is because kanye took this same sample and flipped it completely better for yes for drive like so much better and i'm like wow how did you not hear what kanye heard like holy shit maybe it's because kanye is is the genius it was also 10 years later i know i know i know i know i'm just saying (laughs) i'm just saying obviously i heard that song first and so i'm like wow like this is bad in retrospect but but you know that's not a serious low light you know what I mean? It's not serious okay. criticism. It's just like, wow, like someone else did this song way better. Okay. The only other real, real low light, and mm-hmm. I think this, I think you already know what's coming, Maybe. is wonder why they call you a bitch. Okay. Right? Yep. Right. Um, and the reason why this is a low light is because, again, I understand the sentiment. And to be honest, mm. the verses on the song aren't bad. Like mm. the verses, his actual lyrics and the verses are not that problematic. You know, now you could say that, well, you know, a man shouldn't be talking about a woman about what she's doing, whatever. Like, I don't necessarily care about that shit, right? Mm. But like, the hook, we can say what we want to say about 26-year-old Tupac saying whatever he's saying and the culture, this, that, and the other. But I'm like, look, Mm. I had, my logical brain had to turn on. And I'm like, look, the reason why you call her a bitch is because you chose to call her a bitch and that's it. All of these verses that are actually like, all these things that you're talking about, like in, in the verses, were actually good. None of these are actually justifications to call a woman a bitch. Like yeah. none of them are. You yeah, know what that's I mean? what I'm saying. Like, and I, I agree that it's a low light. Um, I will say that I call this song "Tupac's Black Girl Lost." And yes, I'm glad um, you brought that up because I think that we should we should talk about that. Yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah. So you know, um, I would say that the to me the only redeemable thing about this song is that um, you know. 
I think there's certain things me and me and Jay, me and Jelani used to call it topically hot, right? Yeah. Where you have a song that's not a great song, but you, you respect what the person's talking about, and right. what they're talking about either makes the song good or makes the song, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, I think, like you said, the general concept is actually an, an, an enlightening concept, right? It's yeah. something that I think that is interesting to be broached. And the diatribe at the end about C. Oh, Dolores God. Tucker, yeah. I think oh, yeah, was actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was actually yeah, yeah, dope. Yeah, 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 um, yeah Because yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's always dope to hear, you know, when you know kind of that something is going on with an artist and C. Dolores Tucker specifically, Pac would say little things about her here and there. She would, you know, talk about him and other artists. And so I think, you know, it kind of brought the the whole concept of the song together where he's like, yo, the reason I'm talking about this is because this woman is saying that my music is terrible because I called women bitches or right. hip hop is terrible because we call women bitches. Right. This is why. And and then it brings it home. But the song itself is meh. And, oh, yeah. And the, and the whole, I, I really feel like this is like the black girl lost of Pac's career. So. I, I think that had, had the hook been something completely different, Mm. The content and the lyrics, again, and maybe I don't know the song that well. I listened to it, I think, three times. Mm. And I was listening to it. I was like, okay, like, I, I feel what you're saying here. And then you get to the hook. And it's like, wait, what? Like, why? It was so yeah. fucking unnecessary. Yeah. Like, that's not why you call, right. if you're going to call a woman a bitch. Like, that's not why. It's be, like, be, yo, you're my sister. And, yeah. you know, you smashed some dudes. And I'm mad. So that's why we call you a bitch. It's like, wait, what? Like, like, what? That doesn't what? make any sense, bro. Doesn't you make any fucking some... sense. Um, <laughs> cool. No. So, you yeah. know, I do think that the, the actual lyrics and the verses are better than Black Girl Losses. Uh, the the, oh, the wow. verses in Black Girl Lost. Okay. Um, just because, like I said, you take out the hook and you just talk about like some of the some of the line for line stuff, um, yeah. with the exception of that line you're talking about. But like, it's not all bad. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, you know, these are these are fair criticisms. Not even criticisms. These are fair things for us to talk about. Right, yeah. and you could talk about um, the flip side as well. You know, all the all the nigga shit that we do, whatever. Right, but I'm just like, that's why they call you. Like, you wonder why they call you bitch. It's like, nah, like it just doesn't make any fucking sense. And maybe, yeah. maybe it's because my logical brain is on. But I think even nah, at the time, I wonder actually if 12 year old, 13 year old, or even 15, 16 year old outlaw would have been able to like listen to this song and be like, oh yeah, that's why we call women bitches when I was a young kid. I wonder. I wonder if, if I would have been that impressionable. I wonder. I don't think so. I, I don't I know. Hope I, I, I do know that you were reading books at that point in time. You know, I was also <laughs> in a GC program. So I don't think you would have thought that this was yeah. good. <laughs> so that's it in terms of my individual track lowlights. And again, there's other there's other songs on here that are lowlights. But I, I just don't think it's fair for me to okay. just list a bunch of songs that I'm like, ah, I wasn't really feeling it. I, I'm not going to do I that to you. the Tupac listeners who I know really like this album. Yeah. And... I'm not going to do this to the West Coast fans who there's a certain aesthetic of song that like they like they just get that I don't get. So I'm not going to yeah. go through and just and highlight or highlight these lowlights for me because um, yeah, I just I don't think it's fair. More. Go ahead. I got one more low light and that's what's your phone number? <laughs> um, you know, I felt like and I was trying to like when I was listening to it, I was trying to figure out what he was thinking. Yeah. Um. And I was like, maybe he was like influenced by Prince, like, cause he like the like the the, the production style was kind of a little. This is I don't know. Seven 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 nine three. Yeah, it's that simple, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, I I I wasn't feeling that song at all. I there's other records on here that that I would call like meh lights, and there's there's a good number of them. Well, but this record was actually a low light for me. So why don't you highlight that? Because again, 
-hmm. I kind of want to remove myself from the individual track lowlights for mm -hmm. for all the reasons that I stated. So if yeah. you have some more lowlights, let's let's get into that. Sure, um, because and I, I think that your opinion would be much more fair than mine. Okay, and and it's not even lowlights. Like I said, it's kind of like mer lights, right? Like Go it's ahead. like records that like you know I'm just like mm, like like I skip them when I listen to to this project. Okay. So. I skipped Scandalous, which is crazy because I love Daz and I love Nate Dogg, but I, yeah. I just, this song doesn't really do much for me. I think it's probably his weakest contribution to this album, probably. Nate? Daz. Daz. Oh, Daz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, eh, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then No More Pain, which we talked about. I Good God. It that might even bad. be a low, it might even be a low light. Yeah, it is, it is pretty bad. <laughs> this record is, is frustrating from the perspective of him do, interpolating the meth hook when he could just yeah. get meth yeah. to, you know, the beat just being like, what, do you, what what is this? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, I don't even like his flow on here. Like, nah, I don't, I don't that's, like that's not good. So, yeah, that that joint. And then um, I would say uh, only God could judge me. I, I called him a light before. Mm -hmm. I just because I kind of just don't care. Okay. Like, it's fine. It's, you know. And then um, I said, what's your phone number is a low light. Um, yeah. And then there's a run of mud lights for yeah. the second disc for me. So so <laughs> I, I talk about my positive runs. Now we'll talk about my, my negative run. This is probably yeah. the first time I've done this on, on, on the podcast. But Shorty Want to Be a Thug through Thug Passion, I, I would say, is a mud light yeah. to me as well. So, so the that, other tracks That's a whole there, run. The other so, tracks in there, holla at me, wonder why they call you a bitch when we ride. And yeah, Thug Passion. Yeah, it's like, eh. Uh, yo, I, when I listen to this album, I skip all those songs. Thug Passion, sometimes I listen to. Okay. I think it's more of a mud light for me because I just think it's a poor drink choice. And I mean, <laughs> one day one day we're going to have to have a conversation about how Tupac had grown-ass men drinking Alizé like it was actually good. Um, yeah, so. I didn't want to say, I didn't want to mention any of that, but it's, it's because I didn't want to mention it because I didn't want to come off as condescending. Uh, as you know now, I've, be, I've be, yeah. gotten really into like bartending and like craft cocktails. Yo, let's condescend so. for a second, bro. Like, like because, because I knew grown-ass men, thug, the thug is doing like niggas who will shoot you in the face. They have Tupac tattooed all over their, their bodies. And yeah. like they were drinking Alize like it was a respectable beverage choice. Ah, hypnotic and Alize. Yo, there's a lot. This Alize is referenced in way too many fucking hip hop songs. I but but Tupac was the yeah, Alize yeah, yeah. referencer. <laughs> like it, it was Alize and Hennessy and enemies yeah. on all his records. Yeah. <laughs> They said that uh, when Pac was recording this album and some of the other projects around this time frame, that he used to walk around with just a bottle of Hennessy and he would just go from Studio A to Studio B to Studio C just with a bottle of Hennessy like, yo, what's good? What you got? What you got? Bring it up. All right, cool. And then rap and then leave and go to the next room. So hilarious. All right. So so that's our first negative run. What's uh, yeah. what's next? And then uh, rather be a nigga than that yeah. right, to me. And, and it's interesting because... Um, it's 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 an interpolation of a record I really like, which is yeah. you know the the Boosie Collins. I'd rather be mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. I love I love yeah, that record. Of course, who doesn't? Yeah. No, don't don't care. Yeah. Um, Run the streets. The singing is actually bad on this song. Yeah, and I love Michelet, but I don't like this song. <laughs> uh, and then you know, ain't hard to find. Again, I love I love Forty Water. You know, I I love the Bay, and this is like kind of a who's who at a Bay. Like you know, right. cats all got together. I, I like the story of how this song was written more than I like the song. Tell us about the story. Cool. So, 
the story that E40 tells a lot is like his, it's kind of his fondest Tupac memory, which okay. is, you know, Tupac asked him to be on the song. Um, and so they're in the studio together working on the song. And E-40 has like a ritual, I guess, when he records songs, he likes to lay on the on the floor of the studio, right? Um, and, and write, like listen to the beat over and over again and write. So he like gets on his his stomach, right? And he writes he writes the song. So okay. uh, so he's on his stomach and, and he, he, he had two guns on him at the time because I guess he kind of had beef with some other dudes that were from the Bay at the time. So he takes his guns and he puts them on the floor next to him and he lays down with his pad and he starts writing. So Pac kind of sees this and he kind of looks at him and then 40 kind of like, yo, you know, I got I got some beef going on, you know, no, no biggie or whatever. And then Pac pulls his two guns and he puts them on the floor next to 40 and he lays down on the floor and he goes, if you got beef, I got beef and I'm with you. And then they write the song on the floor together and then they get in the booth and they rap it. So like, I feel like that's a really dope story. Look, I mean, I just want to say this real quick, right? I don't love Tupac, but I love Tupac, yo. Like, <laughs> right. real talk. And I feel like that, yeah. I feel like I need to say that. Because yeah. he's gotten flack from me on this podcast. He's also gotten high praise from me on this podcast as well, let's be fair. Right. But like, for as flawed as he is, he's like, man, like, he really was taken too soon. And yeah. like... There's a reason why he's on my Mount Rushmore of yeah. hip hop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Tupac. He just, he just, you know, like I said, he wore his heart on his sleeve, but he seemed like he just was a really yeah. genuine dude. Yeah. And like, I feel like this is one of those stories where you kind of, you know, see his genuineness. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's a good and story. Then, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, no doubt. And then the last record is Heaven Ain't Hard to Find. I don't really yeah. care about this song. I like the subject matter, but I don't care about this song. And, you know, no diss to QD3, but. I feel like QD3 was doing a lot of records around this time that I just kind of don't care that much about. Like and I said, one of them. So, like I said, Quincy Jones is kid, so yeah. you know, shout out to him. Like I said, I understand the sentiment behind every single song here, and yeah. I understand why they were all made. Yeah, just for me, this is not a make it a classic episode. This is not an album that right. is worthy of a make it a classic treatment, regardless of mm -hmm. what I might said in the in the in the past. This mm -hmm. is a classic album. No yeah. doubt. Nevertheless, mm -hmm. if I were to executive produce this album from my perspective, yeah. Yeah. there's like at least half of the album that I would cut. So, I agree wholeheartedly. We talked about this with Blueprint 2, even though Blueprint 2 was a, was a record that we made a classic. Yeah. Well, but, deservedly you know, so, because that yeah. album is mm, not good. But the same, but but I, I would say, unfortunately, the same thing, right? Like this could be a classic by omission. Like I feel yeah. like, I feel like this album would legitimately be better if it had yeah. half of the songs on it. Like yeah. there are, you know, 10 to 13 songs on here and I can actually count them that that are, you know, amazing, right? Yes, like like, like the amazing. highest of highs. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, we have that conversation about, you know, uh, I think we've talked about like, you have to go away on an island and you, you can only take five albums with you. And, yeah. you know, you have to listen to those five albums in perpetuity. If this was a one disc, this yeah. would probably be one of the five. I got me. you. I got you. There are 13 songs on this that if I could have an album that was just those 13 songs, like this would be one of the greatest albums that I've ever heard ever. You're not going to hear a single line of disagreement from me. I, yeah, mm -hmm. I feel the same way. I mean, look, you're talking about Blueprint 2, right? Mm -hmm. The best possible version of the Blueprint 2 as a single disc mm -hmm. 
doesn't even come close to this album as a double disc as it currently stands. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think, you know, let us know in the comments if y'all think we did we did this justice. But I think, you know, we 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 did give this a tribute. We we yeah. did also kind of yeah. dissect it and we 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 tried to look at it objectively, both of the things that we love about it and the things that we don't love about it. So I, I tried to be respectful. I think I was respectful, right? I think you were, man. Definitely. All right. All right. All right. Well, that should wrap it up for our twenty-five year tribute for Tupac's All Eyes on Me. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um we'll get that that quick album to you at some point yeah all right we got we got a commitment there all right so uh yeah uh i think that should uh that should wrap it up there peace peace Driven in plus cars.